by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. It was a good dad jokes. I don't know why they call them dad jokes. I just call, call them quality jokes, you know. I think those are the best kind. For example, Angie told me the other day to put the dog out, and I said, why? I didn't know it was on fire. <laughs> Get it fire. <clears throat> now, that's quality humor right there. She uh, told me that maybe you should start doing lunges to get in shape. I said, well, that would be a huge step forward. <laughs> Aaron, the lunge. Okay, y'all can't take jokes. Let's move on, you know. Maybe I don't tell them well. I don't know. But Angie told me, uh, well, I told Angie, I think the dryer is making my clothes shrink up. She assured me it was the refrigerator. (laughs) Y'all loosen up a little bit. Next. Move on. Well, I was going to tell a chemistry joke, but... I didn't think it would get a reaction. (laughs) That's enough. Y'all stop. Don't make me go any further. Don't tell me, don't make me tell you how to learn to make a banana split. You go to Sunday school. (laughs) He never knew when to quit. That's what Angie always says. All right, anyway, last week we talked about the Roman soldier who understood authority And it pleased Jesus greatly. Jesus said, man, I haven't found this kind of faith in all of Israel. He was amazed. But just simply because this Roman soldier understood authority, he said, Jesus, you don't have to come under my roof to get it done. You just speak the word. In fact, in Matthew 8, 8, it tells us that. It says, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou should come under my roof, but speak the word only. Say, speak the word only. I want you to get this before we move on. Say, speak the word only. Speak the word only. Because that's key to what we're going to talk about today. He said, you speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Where do you suppose the power of God is for the believer? Speak the word. And when we speak the word. Now here's this Roman soldier. He's telling the word about the word. Isn't that funny? See, Jesus was the word of God. That's not a dad joke. That's true. He is the word of God. Uh. What did Jesus do when the devil came to tempt him? The first thing the devil did, he'd been out there fasting for 40 days and nights, not the devil, but Jesus. He said, man, I know you're hungry. Won't you make these stones into bread? And what did Jesus say? Man shall not, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. From the mouth of God. He said it is written. And then when he took him up on the high mountain. Up on the temple. He tried to tempt him. But Jesus kept saying it is written. And he spoke what? The word. What did the devil do? Oh I got to go. I I didn't realize how late it was. (laughs) He said I got to get up out of here. Some of you just. The devil's just. Got his arm around your shoulder, just leading you down every dark path. You need to begin to speak the word. You tell that devil, it is written. I guarantee you, he will go. If you resist the devil, he will. Just tell him that. Say, devil, the word of God says, if I resist you, you must get on up out of here. 
One day Jesus was speaking to a crowd in Matthew 7, verse 28. It said, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority. Not, well, quite unlike the teachers of the religious law. Are we perceived as true children of God? I mean, they noticed something different about Jesus. He wasn't just quoting secondhand what somebody else said. It had become rhema in his heart, and he had, he had spoke it with real authority. Look at your neighbor and say, do you have any real authority? We need to get some real authority. How many of you tired of playing secondhand Christian? I know the Lord through my granddaddy. I know the Lord through my grandpappy, my, my aunt, my auntie. Are we perceived, do people see that we have a true relationship with God? Or do we just have a form of godliness and deny the power thereof? Are you a powerless Christian? Or do we speak the word only? Do we say it is written? That's where the real authority is when you speak. It is written. It is written in the word of God. Do you live and by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God? They'll begin to see a difference. Or you just pray with a bunch of whining and begging. There's a difference. Tony Evans, he said, authority simply means the right to use already existing power. You see, the power's there. It's already existing. And authority means that you have the right to use that power. And I think we discussed some, in some detail last week as children of God, we've been given authority. Jesus said, I have all authority. Then he says, therefore, you go. He said, I, you've been given authority. Whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. You have authority as a believer. We should not be walking around begging and whining. He goes on to say, but the key is to know how to access that power. So we need to know how, right? And that's what we're going to find out today. I see that the devil, he wanted that power. He wanted all the power. He tried to access that power by forcing Jesus or forcing God off the throne. How'd that work out for him? <laughs> If it didn't work out for the devil, why are so many trying to sit on the throne themselves today? I mean, basically, that's what everybody who says that they don't need God is, is saying. I'm going to sit on the throne. I don't need you, God. It didn't work out for the devil. It didn't work out when I tried it. I haven't yet to see anybody it worked out for. Why are so many still inciting rebelliousness and lawlessness in our culture? Did God really say, does it even really matter what God said? Why are they still seeking to undermine the authority structure that God gave us in the family, in our society, in our government, and ultimately trying to undermine the supreme authority in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Godhead? Why are so many still fighting a losing battle? They're deceived. They're waging war on our biblical morals. Y'all think this is the first generation that people have questioned what God said? I mean, we look and we say, oh, it's getting bad. It's getting bad. But you think this is the first time this has happened? It happens over and over over the hundreds of years thousands of years that man has been on the earth. 
It's the spirit of Antichrist. Lawlessness, rebellion. Why do you think the devil fights so hard against biblical manhood? Even in the average church in America, men think that they're supposed to just be quiet and just get along. That is not what a biblical man is supposed to do. Well, we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Why do you think they're fighting so hard against the biblical family? A man and a woman. One man, one woman for a lifetime. They've made it whatever they want to make it. But it ain't going to work out for them. You know what was sin in the beginning is still sin today? You can call it what you want to. You can get as many people to agree with you as you can. You can reason it all day long. But what the Word says is what the Word says. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it ain't going to change for me. And it ain't going to change for you. And it ain't going to change no matter how many people you get on your side. Why do you think they're fighting so hard against our, our pledge of one nation under God? Why do you think they want God out of the schools? All of this is an effort to overthrow the authority structure of God, but it can't be done. The devil knows it firsthand it can't be done. Jesus said, I saw that devil fall from heaven like lightning. I saw him bump his head when he hit the earth. The devil knows it can't happen, but he's deceiving us to bring us with him into his eternal, eternal damnation. Trying to get us to fight against the structure of authority that God placed on this earth. And all of it is for our good. Every bit of it. This fallacy of separation of church and state. You can't take God out of your government. You can't take God out of your schools and think things are going to go well. When I was in high school, I used to bring my shotgun to school with me, sitting in the back window of my truck. I didn't shoot nobody. It's the decay of our morals and what we're teaching our children is causing this mess. Defund the police. Hello? Where do you think that comes from? Intimidation of our Supreme Court justices. Who do you think is orchestrating this? Did God really say? Devil. Yes, he did. Second Thessalonians 2 Thessalonians 2.3 says, Don't be fooled by what they say. What they're saying right now, they used to say back in the 60s. When they was psychedelic drugging out and having free-for-all sex in the streets. Don't be fooled by what they say. For the day will come, and it's talking about Jesus' return right here. For the day will come, but the day will not come until there's a great rebellion against God and the man of lawlessness is revealed. The one who brings destruction. Don't be fooled by what they say. Hebrews 10, 12 says, but our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all times. And then he sat down at the place of honor at God's right hand. Where do you think the place of honor is? At the throne of God. What do you think the throne represents? The authority of God. Jesus paid for our sins and he sat down. And then what does it say he's doing? He waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. You say, what's he waiting on? Do like this right here. He's waiting on me. 
Because he gave you the authority to humble his in it, to, to finish the job. He came to destroy the works of the enemy. He got it started and gave us the authority to finish it up. You say, I don't know about all this. It's, you know, you're talking about world politics and all these things. I can't got any control, but you got control in your life, and that's where it begins. You can kick the devil out of your realm of influence. You can put him under your feet. He's up there waiting until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. Ephesians 2, 6 says, For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. See, we're up there with him. You say, no, I'm not. I'm sitting right down in here. Well, in the natural you are, but spiritually, you're seated with Christ in heavenly places, positionally, in God's eyes. You are seated with the one who has all authority. You are in him. You are in the, at, at the throne of the right hand of God. If you're on the throne with God, and you've been delegated authority, then the devil should be under your feet. You see, I'm not fussing. I'm just like you. I'm just tired of seeing people beat down and their lives destroyed when all they got to understand is you got to you got to kick that devil out. You have authority over him. You cannot let him continue to deceive you any longer. Your life does not have to be the way it is. You cannot join. You can't listen to what they say. What they say is wrong. I don't care how many of them are saying it. What the polls say. I don't care if 95% of the people in America say we want Roe versus Wade. I say it's wrong. And I say it on the authority of the written word of God. It never entered into God's mind that we should throw our babies into the fire. Never. I don't care what you call the baby, a blob of human tissue. I don't care what... what what you make up in your mind to make you feel better, it's killing a child that God created in the womb. He knit us together in our mother's womb. And if you've had an abortion or you was part of an abortion, there's forgiveness. And I'm not here to bring condemnation. I'm here to bring strengthenation. I'm here to bring a new understanding so that we can move forward God is always saying you just confess your sins and move on get back up no matter how many times a good man falls he gets back up and moves forward and so I'm just trying to encourage you let's move forward with a greater understanding that the Word of God is the truth we said last week in Psalms 8 6 David said that you gave them charge over everything you made. He's talking to God. And put all things under their authority. You have authority. You are not just hopeless down here. God didn't get you saved and said, well, just do the best you can. Just do the best you can. He said, take your authority and let's build this kingdom. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. If we understand our authority, how will we act differently? Well, I looked it up. I Googled it, and there's a, no, I think it was one of my devotionals, said understanding our authority. I said, I'd probably need to read that since I'm preaching on it. And I read it, and this is what it said. Here's what happens when we understand our authority. Instead of praying for something that God has already promised us in his word, we actually pray a declaration that whatever we need is already ours we don't pray for victory we pray from a place of victory 
we got to stop whining and moaning and complaining. That's what they did in the desert, in the wilderness, and why they circled around for 40 years and never got anywhere. We don't pray, Lord, please give me peace. Lord, just give me peace. I know I prayed it. I know we all do in, in this world. Sometimes that's all we can do is just, Lord, please, please, Lord, just give me some peace. But Jesus says in John 14, I give you my peace. You already have his peace. Instead of, instead of whining, Lord, please give me peace, we need to make a claim on that promise. And say, I declare peace over my life. Worry and anxiety, you have to go. That is praying from a position of authority that God wants you to pray from. Do you see the difference? Well, some say, well, that's disrespecting God. That's, no, we're not demanding from God. No, I'm not saying that. Let's, let's keep it balanced. We're not saying, God, you've got to give me this peace. I've heard that. That's why a lot of people say, well, I'm not demanding anything or I'm not saying. No, we're not saying, God, you give me this peace. You're declaring that the peace is already given you, and you're, you're, you're demanding the devil get his hands off of your peace. You're not demanding from God. You're demanding the devil. And you're declaring God's word over your situation and standing your ground. And that's what God wants you to do. That's pleasing to God. No, don't get me wrong. Never do we... I've, done, I've made that mistake. I've been too bold in my declarations and started demanding of God. And I always feel guilty about it for a good reason, because I shouldn't. But we certainly stand up for the word of God. Not once in the New Testament do we see where we're supposed to pray to Jesus and ask him to get the devil off of us. Because we've already been given authority over the devil. We make biblical declarations. I'm not talking about name it and claim it, wishful thinking or positive confessions from some Oprah Winfrey episode. I'm not talking about that. But we do declare what the Word of God says in our life. Last week, you remember we talked about all authority is, comes from God and all authority we have is what? Been delegated to us. And all delegated authority is three things that we talked about. It's focused. That means there's a limit on it. It's specific. It's, well, the first one is focused. It's conditional. And it's responsible. And I gave you this example. A man is the head of his wife according to the word of God. But he's not the head of somebody else's wife. His authority in that area is focused. Now, if he begins to get his wife to try to do something ungodly, then the woman is to say, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm going to follow a higher authority, my God in heaven. So his, his authority is conditional that he use it in the way God wants him to use it. And then his, his uh, authority is will uh, be held responsible for how he used his authority. You think these people are getting away with stuff, these politicians that we just know are raping America and using their offices to just for power's sake and to get their way and to make their point and to vendettas and, and, and all the different ways that people abuse authority. You think they're getting away with it? It may look like it here on this side, but believe me, there's coming a day of reckoning. They will be held responsible for how they use their authority. So it's focused authority, conditional authority, and responsible to you for how you use your authorities. Today we're just going to talk about focused for a minute. And then the next time I minister, we'll talk about conditional and responsible. So focus. What has God given us authority over? That's the question. You say, well, how much authority do I have and what do I have authority to say? I'm anxious to get, get cracking on this, aren't you? Well, we have authority over his promises and his word. 
That's what he's given us authority over. If he made a promise to us, then it is ours. And we have authority over it. 1 John 5.14 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that we have the petitions we desire of him. What is his will? The New Testament is his, the, his testament and will, right? This is his will. This is God's will. So if we ask anything according to his will, we know we have the petitions we desire of. He's hearing us. He's saying, yep, that's what I gave you authority to do. And of course, we ask everything in Jesus' name. Why do we do that? Because that's part of the conditions, right? And if we're asking in Jesus' name, we're basically doing it on his behalf. And so we can't ask anything that Jesus wouldn't ask, right? That would be wrong. If, if you gave me authority, John, and, and I went out and used it for something that you didn't want, then you would take that authority back, wouldn't you? Well, God has the ability to cut that authority off before you even use it. Right? So we, we have authority in Jesus' name, but it must be used for the things Jesus wants us to use it for, according to his will, according to his promises. A police officer has authority, right? But he doesn't have authority to make up his own laws. That's another branch of government. So the police officer has authority in the laws that he's been given, and that's the way we are. He enforces the laws of the one who delegated the authority. So I said the word of God contains the power of God when coupled with faith and the authority of God. Great power. I'm not talking about just a little power. I'm talking about world-changing power. But we do not have the authority to do beyond what God's word promises. If that were the case, the Grizzlies would never lose. Right? Doesn't say in there that if you, if you promise, if you pray that the Grizzlies will win, if you declare that the Grizzlies will win, then they'll always win. If that was the case, then what about all the other people praying for the Warriors? <laughs> we finally got Aaron to wake up in church. We're talking about some, give Aaron a big round of applause. <laughs> Take that hood off next, buddy. No, just kidding. Uh, but yes, I mean, what happens when I'm praying for the Cowboys and they play against the Green Bay Packers and you're praying for the Green Bay Packers? Well, the best team's probably going to win. Right? Because God's not, God's not going to honor. He's not going to honor my authority maybe in, in your life. Does that make sense? I can't. I, can't, I don't have authority over another believer to make them do what I want them to do. So we have a focused and a narrow authority, but we do have authority. And, and all you need to know is you have authority over the devil. We got that. So we're good there. And some promises that we see in the Bible, we got to be careful. They were to a specific people for a specific time. And or maybe, you know, maybe to a group of people, not individual promises. I'm saying these things because, you know, we've had error in the body of Christ. And I want to keep things balanced. I don't want you out there making declarations and declaring that your cowboys are going to win. I've already spoken in Jesus' name. And, you know, people are looking at you like you're crazy because you are. Right? And then you get your feelings hurt when it don't happen and you think that, that God's not honoring his word. But that's not the way it is. I want us to uh, understand if it was a promise to us or not. But if it is. And you know what? There's enough promises in the word of God to us as individuals that we have everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness. Everything that you need. You say, well, the Word of God doesn't say that. Well, that doesn't mean you can't ask God. 
You know, say, say you're praying for somebody's salvation. Well, you can't pray and make them be saved. You don't have that authority, but you can pray that God would send laborers across their path. And I want you to understand that because we have authority, in no way implies that we don't need God just as much as we always did. We are totally reliant on God. We need him more now than ever. Just because we have authority and we understand our authority, it's not diminishing our need and total reliance on God. Because there's, there's things that we just have to come and say, God, I, I don't have authority of this, and, and I'm just in this situation, Lord, and I need you. And then we trust in the mercy and the grace of God. Does that make sense? I'm trying to, trying to be as balanced as I can. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. I'm not saying that if it's not a promise in the Word of God, you can't have it. I'm just saying you might not can declare it with authority, but you can ask for it with humility. We're not promised an easy life, are we? I mean, that's a good example. We're like, Lord, give me an easy life. Give me comfort, you know. But we, we're not promised that. But we can certainly pray for that when, you know, we're going through. Lord, give me a break here. You know, I, I know that in this world you should have tribulation, but I'm trying to be of good cheer down here. Because you have overcome the world. So, just like everything in the Word of God, there's a healthy balance. There's a healthy balance. But if you see a promise in the Bible, a believer has the authority and perhaps an obligation to speak that word and to mix it with faith and to watch it bring the life that God intended. You want me to say that again? Because some of us are not speaking the promises of God over our church, over our family. We're not, some of us, let's just be honest, some of us don't know what the promises are. Some of us are sitting in here and don't crack our Bible and you're just depending on Pastor God to tell you something on Sunday. That is not healthy. Jesus said, my word is spirit and life. It is the bread of life. It's how we live move and have our being we we have to get into the word of god to understand the promises that we've been given so that we can speak and walk in our authority and have a good life have a healthy life a christian life a victorious life how the world knows that we're different than just the dry religions of the world to walk in the authority i'm gonna say it again if you see a promise in the bible a believer has the authority and maybe the obligation to speak the word mixed with faith and watch it bring life. That's what this world is missing. That's what America is missing right now. The Christians got soft. The Christians stopped declaring the word of God. They said, well, they said, the world said that the, the Psychologists said, the doctors say, all these people say, remember, don't listen to what they say. This isn't the first time that the world has risen in rebellion to God. You've got to know in whom you have believed. You've got to establish your life on the solid word, the rock of God's word. If you're building your life on anything else, it's shifting sand. These poor young people today. We've just turned them over to the government and said, here, you, you raise our children. Put, put them in the public schools and said, y'all, we, we trust you. And that's not turning out. It's not turning out. These poor, these poor young kids today, they're growing up. They don't have a biblical foundation. That's what's happening. We're, somebody said that we're not a, 
a Christian nation anymore. And that's true. Because we have allowed our children to be taught by the world. And we have not taken an interest. But what's done is done. But how do we move forward? How do we move forward and take this nation back for God? We've got to take our authority based on the Word of God. Ephesians 6.10 said a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. What's His mighty power? What was the mighty power that created light? What was the mighty power that flung the stars into existence? That created the earth and the oceans and the mountains and the and the animals and the vegetation and the oxygen. What is God's mighty power? Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Jeremiah 1.12 and Amplified says, Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I am actively watching over my word to fulfill it. Just like God says he looks to and fro for all over the earth for somebody who will go for him. He's looking to and fro all over the world for somebody who will activate his word, who will speak the word of God with boldness and with faith in their hearts. He's looking for someone. He's actively watching over his word, waiting to fulfill it for you. He wants his word to work in your life. You got to know it, you got to believe it, and you got to speak it. Know it, believe it, and speak it. This ain't no dad joke. The Word of God is what's best for us. If you trust the character of God, just know that the Word of God is going to work to your good. What does Romans 8 say? All things are working together for our, the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. He loves you and you love him, and you're called according to his purpose, and he's given you his word, and if you really trust him and know his character, you know a good, good father is not going to give you a scorpion when you ask for an egg. He has the best plan for your life. But if you're going to sit on the throne and say, okay, well, God says I shouldn't live in fornication. I'm not married but I, my, my, my sex drive is just too strong for me. And everybody else is doing it. The world says this. Well, I'm just going to do what the world says and God will forgive me. Well, nobody gets married anymore. That's an old-fashioned thing. We'll just live together. Everybody does it. That's what they say. I don't care if everybody in the world does it. I have decided to follow Jesus. And if I have made mistakes, then I, I repent. I turn from that mistake. I just simply turn back to God and say, you, you know, I see your word, and that's what I'm going to follow. I'm sorry. I've made, and he will forgive you. But if you do not repent, then he can't forgive you. And you're under the same condemnation as the world. But there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who followed the way. Everything you need is in the Word of God. Everything that pertains to life and godliness. You think you need these things that they say. You think you, think you can't go to a party without drinking and have fun. You think that you can't, that, that God's just trying to hold me down. He don't want me to enjoy life. 
you are being so lied to. You are compromising the real life for this fakazi. Isn't that what they, they say? A fake. A facade. Don't do that. The Word of God is where your true life is found. This is your life. This is your life. Walk in it. This is your life. Jesus came to give you life and life more abundantly. So walk in the authority that he wants to give you. Next week we're going to talk about the conditions. And we're going to talk about the responsibility. Lord willing. I almost want to say, has anybody got any questions? I feel like I was... <laughs> A such a teaching today, huh? Thank you. But it's time. It's, it's, it's time. The Bible says something about there was a time where God winked at our transgressions, but not no more. I, I can't think of a single excuse that we could stand before God and say, God, I just didn't know. Maybe you just didn't want to know. And just because we act like we don't see what we're doing don't mean that God don't see. Don't listen to what they say. They say is what's got us into the mess that our nation is in today. But if we'll stand up We'll boldly declare the word of God. We'll see things change in our life and they're all around us. And they'll know that there is a God in heaven because my life reflects him. Lord, we just thank you for your word. It's like honey to my lips. I love just speaking it. I love saying your name, Jesus. Father, I love declaring your ways. Because I was once in that miry pit of, of listening to what they say. Caught up in the lies. Experiencing the destruction that I was doing to myself. I was sitting on the throne so smug. I thought I knew everything. And there's some in here today that they still say, Well, I just don't know about it. I, I just ain't ready for that. I'm not, I'm not to that place in my life. I don't want... I don't want that much Christianity. I don't want, I don't want it in my life. I, I want to do what I want to do. I, got, I, want to, I want to have fun. I want to sow my wild oats. And then there's some in here today that would say, I did all of what you're, you're saying. Man, it led me down a road I, I, I wish I didn't have to remember. I, the years that I wasted listening to what they say heartache, the relationships that I broke, the selfishness that I lived in, the sin and the wages that kept coming like waves washing over everything I tried to create. And just the wasted space of sin in my life. Don't sit on the throne of your own life. You can't, you can't know, you can't you, have, you don't have power in yourself. The Bible says that apart from Christ, you can do nothing. Please don't walk out that door today sitting on the throne of your life. You have to work within the authority structure. The Roman understood this. He says that all you have to do, Jesus, is say the word. He understood being in authority, but he also understood that he is a man under authority. And we have to be content to be in the structure the way God planned it, because you know why he's God. We've got too many preachers that stand up in the pulpit and make excuses for what God said. And I hope I never do that, because what he says is what he said, and he meant what he said. 
Word of God is just the Word of God. And it's not going to change for you or for me or for nobody. It's time for us to get with the program that God programmed us to be. So if you're in here today, the first step, if you've never committed your life, you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, why don't you raise your hand right now so I can see and pray with you and you can make him the Lord of your life and that you can know that you have the power to overcome sin and his, he will send his spirit in your heart. He will save you from the destination of hell and make you his child and you, you can know that you have a home in heaven. That's what Jesus died on the cross to provide the forgiveness of your sins. If you're here today and you're not forgiven of your sins and you want to repent and give your heart to Jesus or if you're on the internet, raise your hand. Even if I can't see it, let God see it. You want to give your heart to Jesus right now. God has such a plan. Please don't delay it. It's only going to bring regrets later. Or if you're here today and you have made Jesus the Lord of your life, but you keep bumping him off the throne, and it's not because you want to be near him. It's because you want the authority for yourself. You're trying to usurp authority that, that's not yours to be the God of your own life. You were created by Him and for Him and to bring Him glory. And your life is supposed to, to, to reflect what you were created to be. But you have listened to what they say. And you're confused. This world is confused. They can't tell the difference between a boy and a girl. And it's getting worse. Things that I... I never thought I would have to argue the difference in a boy and a girl. I never thought I'd have to mention it from the pulpit. But this stuff is creeping over into believers' lives. They're listening to what they say. If we don't repent, then our foolish hearts are going to be darkened. And we're going to be carried away in error. We're going to be carried away like waves in the sea every wind of doctrine that comes along any new thing that somebody says if we don't if we don't come back to our our rock if we don't rekindle our first love if we don't make a fresh commitment today today is the day of salvation today is the day i'm telling you the church is time we don't know if tomorrow is going to be here if because Jesus is coming back. And I don't want to be left behind. If you're here today, you need to get right with God. Just lift your heart up to Him. I don't want to even see your hands. But just lift your heart up to Him and let me pray over you. And if these words register, then say amen. If they don't register, please say your own words. Please come to this altar after, after the church and spend some time. This is the time. Let me pray. Father, I pray for any on the live stream that may be giving their heart to you right now that they would say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I trust in you and who you are. And I repent of my sins and give my life to you. And now, Lord, I pray over all who are in this congregation that, that have been compromised by listening to what they say. We are not helping our children, Lord, when we compromise with the world. We're not holding up a standard, Lord in our homes anymore. Please forgive us, Lord, for compromising our life. For nudging you off the throne and saying, I got this. Just because I, I know, Lord, and I see it all the time, people, they were so needy when they gave their heart to you. They were so broken and lost. And you turned them around. And you set their feet on solid ground. 
and you gave them hope and a future. And then as soon as they got on their feet, they, I got this. I don't need to do all this Christian stuff anymore. They walked away from their first love. Or maybe there's just lifelong mature Christians in this congregation today that have just been beat down, beat down by this world and the tribulations of it. Lord, I just pray that a fresh infusion of life and an understanding of the times in which we live and the importance of today, and the sense of urgency that a Christ follower must have in this hour. I pray that they would be renewed in the spirit of their mind their hearts, that you would create a clean heart in us, Lord. Renew a right spirit within us, according to Psalms 51.10. Lord, that you would do a work in this congregation. Let us be a people above reproach, Lord. Give not our enemies anything to speak against us. Let us not tarnish the name of Jesus. Let us walk in holiness that we may see you. Let us walk in the full assurance of our salvation. And the authority in which you called us. And let us do great and mighty exploits. Let our lives so shine before men that they see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. A fresh start today. A fresh start today, I declare, over every life in this building. And those watching by live stream, I declare a fresh start. Holy Spirit, activate in our hearts. Do this, Holy Spirit. In the precious name of Jesus. If that's you, say amen. to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.